Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. If you would, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Because it's Pentecost Sunday, I want us to recognize that as God has birthed the church in this world, we are also warriors for Christ. And there are some that have gone on to be with the Lord. And there are warriors that we remember today that have been part of the church, that have paid the price, that have paid the cost for you and I to sit here right now in this room. And so we want to remember them this morning. And if you would, when you find Acts chapter 2, and if you don't have a Bible, look up behind me. Acts chapter 2, verse verse 1. Stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. The Bible says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I want to speak to you this morning about Pentecost Sunday, but also about the Christian church in America. The um, Pentecost Sunday is actually a Jewish holiday. It's a feast of weeks, or in Hebrew, the, the word is Shavuot. And what happened during that time is that they would take these, and it was the only time they were allowed to use bread with yeast, and they would fill, they would take the bread and they would bring it into the tabernacle. And it was, it was saying that this was the first fruits of, of the harvest. And they would, they would pick up their bread and they would go within a tabernacle and they would, what they would call a wave offering and wave it before the Lord and, and let, let God know, thanking God for what he has done for us in our lives. And so this, this feast of weeks was always the 50th day after Passover. Well, if you know your Bible, you know that Jesus was crucified on Passover. And 50 days afterwards, the Holy Spirit fell in, in, on the earth and fell upon this young church, his group of body of believers. And as the Holy, Holy Spirit fell amongst us and it fell amongst the people, this, this power of God filled them and empowered them to go forth and to birth a movement that literally is going on to this day right now. That across the world, the church is still on the march and on the move. And it all started on Pentecost Sunday. The, the, the Bible tells us that 
during this Feast of Weeks, there was an atmosphere where Moses went up to Mount Sinai. And as he went up to Mount Sinai, you, if you remember your stories, the, the Bible says that he received the Ten Commandments on top of the mountain. And in Exodus chapter 19 tells us that if they would live by the Torah, if they would live by this code that Moses had been given by God, then God was going to bless them as a people. And God was going to be with them wherever they were. And so as Moses ascends the mountain, God descended down upon the mountain. Now, as a church, we celebrate this day because the moment that Moses went up that mountain... About 1,800 years later, the Holy Spirit came down and fell. These God descended upon these 120 people ready to receive from him the power of God. So if you know the Exodus story, the fire fell, the fire consumed the mountain, and now today the fire of God is consuming us. So what was in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of what the New Testament tells us. And last week was Ascension Sunday, so we, we celebrated the day that Jesus went up to, the, to heaven. And the Bible uh, explains that as he sits on the throne, the power of the Spirit came down to us. And the anointing and the grace and the authority of God that we have today is because Jesus sits on the throne right now. If Christ is, while Christ is on the throne, the, His glory, the power of God, the Holy Spirit is available to whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. If, while Christ is on the throne, ready right now, it's available to whosoever will ask. But I want to tell you, now I'm getting a little bit of prophetic here, but there, we're not going to always see this moment in our world as we understand it, because one day He's going to get off the throne. One day he's going to step out on that cloud. One day he's going to draw us all unto himself. And then the Bible further teaches that one day he's going to return back to this place and rule and reign for a thousand years. And then all of you will be kings and priests after the most high God. Those of you that follow him today. Now you may think, well, I haven't heard that for a long time. Well, that's what Christianity is about. You see, the whole gospel says that this breath that you're breathing right now is not your final breath. This, tr this trial that you have right now is not your ultimate trial. This, this struggle that you're facing right now is just temporary because what is coming in front of us is far exceeds the glory of God, far exceeds what we are facing right now in the trial and the struggle. And so, but while we remain, we are called, we are purposed, we are caught into the this, this army of God that we have been given weapons and we've been given shields and we've been given the ability to go forth and take this world for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The glory of God, the Holy Spirit, is around us. He is God as well. And you can grieve him and you can you can say things that will bother him. And so you've got to recognize as the Father is God and the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And you cannot take him for granted that you've got to, as Pastor Barron spoke about, you've got to create an atmosphere in your life so the Holy Spirit can operate in your life. Meaning that you got to surrender is what he means. 
You've got to surrender to the king, and the king is Jesus. And if, you won't, if you're trying to be king, you, then you can't have the glory of the king on you or the Holy Spirit. You hear me this morning? I'm going somewhere with this. So as a church right now in East Point, as a church, we are called to take forth this gospel to this community and to Franklin County. We are called to do the work of ministry. We are called to be lights. We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. And I want to tell you, more and more, the world is trying to redefine us. Now, I want to tell you something, and you may not like it, but it's all right. I still got to report to Jesus. I don't report to anybody else but him. But here's the thing. The church is not a political organization. We're the church of the living God. You want to hear? You want me to say this again? The church, we are not part of the Democrat Party, and we are not part of the Republican Party. They both report to us. You hear me? We are non-political. We are apolitical. I don't care in reality as, uh, who or what party is in power from a church perspective. I might have personal views on certain things, but I do not care about the political aspect of the party. What I care about is in that, is that party in charge following the mandate of God. You hear me today. Is the party that's operating, is the party following God? Is the, are they listening to the voice of the Lord? That's my job. My job is to show you Jesus. My job is to show you Christ. I'm not, I don't care if, if you're a Republican, praise God. If you're a Democrat, praise God. But I, that does not make any difference in heaven. When you get up there, no one's going to talk about it. No one's going to bring it up. No one's going to shout about it. It's going to be, did you know him? Did you know Jesus? Did you know him in the power of resurrection? Did you know him? And did you experience the glory of God and understand him? And did you follow, wholly follow the Lord your God? Because that's the only thing that matters to God. You see, where we have done when we get so caught up in politics is that we have taken the church and we have moved it down here. We were up here. And both of them reported to us. And because we have compromised in this world and have taken a little back seat, take this place, I want to tell you that now we have been ostracized and we have been forced to conform to certain things in this country. And I want to tell you that God is about ready to raise up a people that are not interested in politics, but they're interested in the glory of God and the spirit of God and letting God be king once again in this land. Now, I've given you some of these quotes before, and this is what I'm talking about on Pentecost Sunday, how we are called to be salt and light. We are called to be the, the kingdom of God in this world. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. But I want you to hear for me and understand this, this process here of where we were founded as a nation and why on this Memorial Sunday that we are celebrating this time period and how Pentecost has, is, should remind us to take the fire of God out there one more time. In fact, I, I've given some of these quotes before. George Washington, our first president, said this, 
While we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we certainly ought not to be inattentive to the higher duties of religion, to distinguish character of patriot. It should be our highest glory to add more distinguished character of Christian. We started out with the first one out of the gate. And you know what? If I remember history right, he wasn't a Democrat and he wasn't a Republican. There wasn't such thing back then. The point... Why? Because it was about whether or not you followed Jesus. Whether or not you would distinguish yourself as a Christian and how you lived your life. John Adams, our second president. Now I will avow and I then believe and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as essential and immutable as the existence and attributes of God and that those principles of liberty are as unalterable as human nature and that our terrestrial mundane system. What is John Adams telling us? That if you, that the principles of Christianity are so powerful and so strong, they're immutable. Why? Because they came from the Word of God. And if you found your nation upon the principles of the Word of God, your nation shall be blessed. And what we need now is the Pentecost revival again of showing the world what the foundations of the Bible is. We need not be worried about taking issues with sides on this issue and that issue. I want to tell you what we need to tell the country is you need to live holy again. You need to live righteous again. You need to put away imperfection out of your life and go after a holy God. You've got to get the things of the world off of you in order to operate in the kingdom of this world because Jesus Christ is still king and it has not changed and it will not change and if we would understand that following Christ is the preeminent prerequisite that God has called us to do, we need to recognize that that is our soul and only force here in this community right now. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care how far you got through college. I don't care if you didn't even make it out of high school. What I care about is do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I don't care what party you vote for. I don't care all those things. But do you follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you being a witness? If you're in the Republican Party, are you being a witness? And you are chastising them when they go off kilter. If you're in the Democrat party, are you being a witness? Are you chastising them when they go off the character of holiness? It is not about the political system of America. It's about Jesus Christ as King and King of Kings and Lord of Lords and being holy one more time. Because God says without holiness no man shall see the Lord. If you're not holy and if you're not breathed in the fire of God in this room right now, if you're not living according to what God has called us to do, then friends, you will not make it into glory and you will not be part of the kingdom of God. Holiness is the requirement. And if we get so caught up in all these other things and we forget about the main thing, the main thing is that Jesus Christ is king and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise God in this room this morning. The Bible tells us Samuel Adams signer of the Declaration of Independence father of the American Revolution he says this I didn't mean the Bible I mean history Samuel Adams said this that is is our duty to extend our wishes to happiness to the great family of man I conceive that we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly supplicating the supreme ruler of the world 
that the rod of tyrants may be broken to pieces and oppressed made free again, that wars may cease in all the earth, that the confusions that are and have been among nations may be overruled by promoting and speedily bringing on the holy and happy period when the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be everywhere established and all people everywhere willingly bow to the scepter of Him who is the Prince of Peace. That's pretty succinct in what we need to be doing. We live, he said this in, uh, as the governor of Massachusetts, on pro- he proclaimed a fast on May 20th, 1797. And he was telling all of those that lived in the state of Massachusetts of that time that without Jesus, this state won't survive. I want to tell you, without Jesus, Florida will not survive. Without Jesus, Franklin County will not survive. Without Jesus, this community will not survive. Without Jesus, our country will not survive. We do not recognize those in power today are trying to get us to conform to what they believe Christianity ought to be. And I'm telling you, that's a lie, and it will fail because Jesus never conforms to anybody. He won't conform to me, and he won't conform to you. He's king, and you got to bow and surrender to him or reap the consequences of that why because he's king and he's lord and he rules this place and you may say well he's not doing a very good job well let me tell you something he's allowing you the time period to repent of your sin and get right with him because he's saying one day i'm going to come back and he allows things for a season and then he puts some things down and yes there's still sickness and yes there's still pain but the moment that he puts it to a stop there's no more chance of salvation that means if jesus would put away disease and cancer and sickness tomorrow if he did that everybody that's not saved tomorrow is going to hell so he waits and he tarries and he waits and he gives your spouse that chance and he gives your daughter that chance and he gives your son that chance while this person over here is crying and this person over here is weeping he is ready and fire is in his eyes revelation says he wants to return he wants to come back and put an end to it all but yet there's still somebody else here that's going to bow their knee in a week from now so he waits and he waits but the bible says there's coming a day where the line will be in the sand and he will not wait any longer and he's going to put away and wipe away every tear from our eye and there shall no more be death there and no more pain and sorrow for the former things have passed away and all things have will have become new that is what we wait for today So as Christians and Americans, we hear the call of our Savior to be salt and light in this world. We hear the call of our Savior to listen to what we have been empowered to do today as Pentecostal believers. The power and the Spirit of God is upon us to go forward and to be salt and light everywhere around us as Samuel Adams gave us and Washington and Adams. And let me give you one one other person. I'll give you a couple more. Princeton University. First president of Princeton University, Ronald, I mean, sorry, Reverend Jonathan Dickinson. Cursed, listen to what he says. Cursed be all that learning that is contrary to the cross of Christ. Mm. I love the president of Princeton to say that today. Cursed 
be all the learning. What is he saying? Our learning is cursed when you take out the cross of Jesus Christ. When you remove Jesus, then your schools will start to fail. When you remove Jesus and you can't put him in there, then you're going to have trouble and you're going to have struggle and you're going to have all the stuff that we have today. Cursed. And he's prophetically saying, our founders said this. John Quincy Adams, sixth president of the United States. Last one I'll give you. The hope of a Christian is inseparable from his faith. Whoever believes in the divine inspiration of the Holy Scriptures must hope that the religion of Jesus shall prevail throughout the earth. Never since the foundation of the world have the prospects of mankind been more encouraging to that hope than they appear to be at the present time. And may the associated distribution of the Bible proceed and prosper to the Lord shall have made bare His holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Mm. Powerful. Your heritage, powerful of where you are, powerful. And I want to finish this out this morning. America is dying today. It's dying. And part of America's death sentence is that the church has compromised its stance. We are not, I'm going to sum this up and conclude it here. We are not in any way a political thing. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we pray for something, the Bible says, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open to you. I want to tell you the power of God that is on us as the people of God. The world should beat a door, beat down our door to get us to be praying for them. Because if the church of God has the fire of God on them as they did in those days of history, I want to tell you our nation will be blessed in a mighty, mighty way. I told you last week about, I think it was last week. It seems a long since I got to preach the Manchester, Kentucky, when the, the revival hit that county of Manchester, that city of Manchester, Kentucky, they had, this was just about 10 years ago, they had so many drug addictions and so many people dying on a regular basis from, from all the trouble that literally when they, the churches got together and began to pray and seek for city transformation and community transformation and the power of God began to break apart borders and break apart politics political affiliation, and they got about seeking Jesus. God began to heal their land. God began to heal that city, and literally even the water of the city was healed. Why? Because if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and, for, and, and I, I was going down the road, brother, and I lost it. Seek my face, and I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I want my land healed. I want our community healed. So what does that mean? His people need to humble themselves again. 
Well, I want to see America healed on this Memorial Day. There are too many good, brave soldiers that have get bled and died for this land for us to throw it away and treat it as if it's nothing. There are too many of those that have gone off to foreign wars and have not returned for us to throw it away as if it was nothing. There are too many mothers that have buried their sons and too many wives that have buried their husbands and too many fathers that have buried their daughters for us to take for granted the sacrifice they have given to us as a land that was been born and bought out of the cross of Jesus. Christ. We should not tuck our head and cower in the closet any longer. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to become what we have been called to do and what we've been purposed to do in our lives and in this community and this area, and that is to shine for God and to shine for Jesus. And if we shall do these things, then God says, I will come and I will visit you and I will bless you and I will fill this place and I will enter into this area and I will even Heal your land. That is the word of God to you today. If you didn't receive that, that was from the throne of God. God loves all of this area. This, all this community. All the way from Pensacola all the way down to the Florida Keys. God loves this, this area. All the way up the other side of Florida on the Atlantic coast side. God loves it all. But God will allow trial and God will allow the things that we're facing today, not because he hates us and not because he's irritated at us, but because he wants us to be back in his presence. Have you ever let your child go down a road that you know wasn't going to be good, but you knew that they needed to do that in order for them to be able to come back to where they need to be. Sometimes they call that tough love, and sometimes it's tougher on the parents. You see, sometimes God allows a people, allows a nation to go down a road that's going to bring hardship and trial. That's going to bring pain. Not because he wants them to do that, but because it's necessary for them to be back in his presence. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence. And so we as a church are called to show and to shine forth the very presence of God as Pentecostals today, but also as Americans. We have a solemn obligation to shine for Jesus Christ. You hearing me this morning? We have an obligation as the people of God to be the preservative agent for this country. You don't need to be out there rolling around D.C., marching around. It may happen. That may change some things. Maybe if God tells you to do it, march around it seven times, see what happens. Let me tell you something. You know what you can do that will literally change everything? It's simply this. Right here. You get on your knees. And not just you. Your neighbor. And your neighbor. And your neighbor. And your other neighbor. When the people of God get on their knees. And begin to pray. And begin to pray the spirit of God back into an area. God sees from him. Hears from him. And comes and saturates us. That's what this is about. And that's what we're called to do.
Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.